With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's Fantasy Football Weekly, another playoff edition. Very excited for the divisional round games. Joining me, like you did last week, Brian Johnson. Brian, we could not... Have I look? I I don't want to immediately come right out of the gate and start with this. We couldn't have been hotter yes, last did. week. Could not have been hotter. I mean, it's. I look. I don't want to brag, but the way that we the angles provided on this show last week were frankly staggering, in a, in it in their accuracy. I'm I'm assuming you're just talking about yours. I think mine were pretty good. I'm trying to remember. I'm feeling better about this week, though. I think we say it every year. This is the best weekend of football. It uh, is. When it comes to the playoffs. Yep. In the old days, we that, used to bring all our employees out. This was uh, this was the week. You go this week. You get the uh, you get the four games. You get great teams. You don't have any of the wild card suckers that shouldn't be in there. They all got bounced. Oh yeah, they got filtered out pretty easily uh-huh. <laughs> last weekend. Um, I think this weekend, though, I think every underdog has a legitimate chance. Don't sleep on them. The Texans, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, of course, uh, even the Packers. I mean, we're going to get into all these games, of course. And uh, what am I yeah. leaving out? Lastly, I, th- I think uh, the reckoning comes for the Packers here. Um, if they came into last week, loosey goosey, nothing to lose, uh, lots of intangibles going their way. I think uh, I get the feeling it all comes. It all comes back here. We'll find out. We'll get in the box too. The last underdog, of course, if they got a chance. But for they the do. the Packers and the Texans, went. There's something to be said about these red hot teams. As a Giants fan, because that's how they've won their most recent Super Bowl. So they've not been that recent recently, but just they're hot, and then they go face the number one seed who has rested their their players mm-hmm. the, the last week of the regular season. Uh, they they were on by, of course, so they've been sitting around, and the other teams got a lot of momentum. So, but. We'll get into them all. Well, let's start with that one. Baltimore-Houston, right? So this is, you know, Baltimore hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, Houston comes in off a big win that uh, was previewed on this very show. Signature win for these new-look Texans, right? I mean, this is, no matter what happens here, they roll into next year feeling great organizationally and for the first time in five years for Houston. I I love what they've built. We talked, you know, in the preseason, I loved him. I banked the wrong guy in Damian Pierce, but we talked about how much how much better we thought that Houston would be, and they got a real chance here. There's, I'm going to give you some angles, and the pre- should mention the way we're going to do this for the, all of these. We're just going to break down angles that we like in all of these games. We're not doing the whole the, all the letter grades for every single player, but we've found we've unearthed angles that we love. 
I want to start here, Brian. Baltimore's best cornerback, Marlon Humphrey, has been ruled out of this game. Humphrey, yeah, news. Humphrey missed the first three games of the season. You want to hear what the Ravens gave up through the air in those games? And keep in mind, first three games of the season, they saw C.J. Stroud in his very first NFL game. Then they saw Joe Burrow, who was playing hobbled at the time. Remember when Burrow couldn't complete a pass more than 10 yards downfield? They saw Joe mm-hmm. Burrow during that stretch, and then they saw Anthony Richardson in his first in his third NFL start, right? They gave up just to the wide receiver position with Marlon Humphrey out. They gave up 184 yards to wide receivers per game in that stretch. That would have made them 31st across a full season. And so Nico Collins feels really good here. What do you think? Oh, for sure. You got to love, love Nico in this one. And I just, you can't, it's been a long time. I still am lamenting Tank Dell going down because you just oh, imagine if they had Tank Dell right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah. It's a, a huge boon. I know you'll get into a little more for, uh, for Collins with Humphrey out. That's for sure. Singletary is the other angle I really like. Now, Ravens are this great defense, right? Are they? Uh, mostly, mm. yeah, but you know where you know where they're really struggling against the run. Get this: over the last five weeks, Ravens rank 29th in rushing yards allowed, 30th in yards per carry, 5.2 yards per carry allowed for the Ravens over five games. I mean, that's that's a pretty long sample size in the NFL. Since week 10, five different backs have topped 100 yards against Baltimore. And that's even when Baltimore has blowout wins, they're still getting run upon. Houston runs the ball 26 times per game. Singletary gets almost all of that work. And since taking over the starting job in week nine, Singletary averaging 74% of the carries. This could, you know, his overline, by the way, 56 and a half. This is not a betting show, but this is an opportunity for Devin Singletary. Yeah, sorry. I was. Uh, I wanted to look at his uh, his price, uh, his DFS price. I won't list. Uh, I won't say the name of the site because we're not sponsored by them or anything. But I, I, he's he's coming in too cheap. I know that. So I, lo- I love Singletary from a DFS angle. And uh, I'm gonna guess he's probably like the fifth or sixth most expensive running back when there's not a lot of running backs on the slate. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like Singletary in this one. I think people are just gonna they'll see. Uh, yeah, you know, middle of the pack, 14th against. So people are not gonna think it's a smash. Like you uh, pretty much laid it out. It, it kind of is a smash spot for single. It is. Let's it see. really is. One, two, three, four, five. The seventh. He's under. He's priced lower seventh. than Edwards, <gasps> Montgomery, Cook, oh. White, Gibbs, Jones. Okay, let's go to right to so, Gus yeah. Edwards and why I think Gus Edwards is going to struggle here in this game. Last week, uh, we hit the under on the Browns' number one runner against the Texans, uh, Jerome Ford. So we're going back to the well, and we're going to go against Gus Edwards against this tough Houston run defense. Over the past five regular season games, the Texans ranked number one in yards per carry allowed, 3.2 yards per carry. Then in the playoff game last week, they held Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford to 2.5 yards per carry. That's it. And Gus Edwards, he's a replacement level runner, four yards per carry. He's the 44th ranked runner by Pro Football Focus. And you always get this rotation in Baltimore, right? So we know there's going to be a bunch of Justice Hill. There's going to be some Dalvin Cook worked into this thing. And since week 12, Gus only averaging 11 carries per game. I'm anti-Gus in this one. I don't think Gus is going to do much. 
Yeah, Hill, like you said, Hill certainly going to get some work, more of the pass down uh, back, but he still gets some carries. But I think we're going to see more Dalvin Cook than than expected in this one. I think we're going to see like five to eight carries, which is five to eight carries too many for Dalvin Cook. I just got a bad feeling that they're just going to force Dalvin Cook into this game, which does not bode well for uh, Gus Edwards hitting that over. So I'm with you on the under there. I like that call. Uh, 50 and a half yards for the betters out there. Dalton Schultz could be in a tough spot, and let me explain why. Kyle Hamilton is the star safety for the Ravens. Elite coverage safety. Here's how they deploy him. If there's an opposing great or good slot receiver, the Ravens will put Kyle Hamilton on that slot receiver. But with Tank Dell out, John Meachie is not worthy of Kyle Hamilton's attention. But you know who is? Is Dalton Schultz. They're going to roll. So they will roll Kyle Hamilton over to good tight ends if there isn't a great slot receiver. And I think Dalton Schultz is sitting on a tough game against Kyle Hamilton. And and Brevin Jordan has proven himself to be quite a weapon. Took a 76-yard like screen pass essentially to the house uh, last week. Uh, He's a tight end for those that don't know. He he might be more of a threat than, than Mechie. And the, the 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 zombie corpse of Robert Woods, who still gets yeah. trotted out there every now and again. So yeah, I, I like that that call as well. Um, can, can I give a quick DFS angle on this game? Yeah, if, please. Are you? Are you uh, yeah, go for it. Um, anything anything goes mention, here. We're just having fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can uh, jump in and out of each other's matchups here. Uh, we should mention Mark Andrews was ruled out, or it's most likely will be ruled out when it looked like yeah he was going to be coming just back. Make it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, of course, I say likely great for him, but it, Charlie Kohler, if you just if you want a punt play at tight end, Charlie it's, Kohler, it's a, it's a great, what's your what's your thinking on this? Help me understand. I, he he has caught touchdowns, uh, not many, but I mean he gets run since Andrews has been down. He's the backup tight end. You know what's interesting about likely? And well, so Mark Andrews, we've talked about this many times, was the, was the second tight end drafted by the Ravens, he was drafted. They took Hayden Hurst in the first round, mm-hmm. Andrews in the second round. The Ravens took Charlie Kohler, round I, four. I think it was last year, Yeah, uh, before they took Isaiah Likely. So like like Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely was the second tight end drafted by the team the year he was drafted. But Charlie Kohler, he's just going to be a bare minimum punt play tight end, and everyone's going to be on Isaiah Likely, as he should be. Uh, it's a great matchup, but it's a, it's a, a, a he's a punt play. And it's a great pivot play, too, or le- leverage play, I should say. While everyone's going to be unlikely, Charlie Kohler gets a cheap touchdown and a good matchup. You never know. That's he all saw, I'll say about he, Charlie He saw Kohler. a huge That's uptick it. in usage last uh, last game, but that was the the meaningless Week 18 game for a team that already locked. Uh, already locked. So I don't, I'm don't. i not with you on the Kohler likely thing. Likely did but... play in that game, though. Likely did play. I was shocked to see Isaiah mm-hmm. Likely playing in that game. And Justice Hill, I remember, being like, why are these guys out there? Yeah. I know they have a buy coming up, but and anyway, I think that was that's, why. That's, I think that was why. Yeah. All right, let's go over to Green Bay uh, at San Francisco. Uh, I'll start it off by uh, mentioning this: the uh, the Packers are known as a team that has a traveling fan base, but the reports are that ninety seven percent of the tickets are being held by uh, held close by Forty ers fans. So it might not be the uh, away game advantage that the Packers often get when they travel. Uh, yeah, and I know it's not San Francisco anymore, but um, that's probably better for the sac- uh, the Packer fans. San Francisco underrated uh, fear for your safety city really? to go to away games. Oh, yeah. 
Like they they, throw, they they throw you out of the top of the stadium. What are we talking about? Yeah, like like Philly, uh, mm-hmm. Oakland used to be in that uh, territory back when the Raiders played in Oakland. And yeah, San Francisco not a place you want to be flaunting your the uh, the your away colors. colors. I didn't know much. that. Okay, I'll, I'll but, um, but now they're in like Santa Clara or whatever. But I don't know the the riffraff travels. It but feels, anyway, it feels so uh, suburban. It, it it's what like forty five minutes outside of San Francisco, but I don't know. Just Packers fans, they'll be happy they're not there. But maybe they they may be sad they're not there because is this the matchup of the two best offenses in the NFL charge? And I'm going to make a case for it right now. The Packers and the 49ers. Since week nine, the most yards per play, number one, 49ers, number two, the Packers. Wow. The highest EPA per play. Now, EPA stands for expected points added. Not going to get too deep into it, but at the highest level, EPA is a measure of how well a team performs relative to expectations. So high EPA, very good uh, for an offense. Number one, since week nine, 49ers. Number two, the Packers. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. We've we, we got, a, we got a, a shootout on our hands here from an injury perspective. Jair Alexander, standout corner for the Packers, did re-aggravate his ankle injury last week. He is questionable to play. That would be huge uh, if he misses this game. So monitor his status. Uh, obviously, would benefit uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and company. Uh, AJ Dillon might make his return, but Boo. no one really cares. Boo! <laughs> Aaron Jones looked incredible last week. Like, well, and he has for like three or four straight weeks since they've basically yeah. opened up the throttle on him and just let him let him play, which is great. Yeah, he he he's playing out of this world right now, and uh, nothing too major on the 49er side. Starting linebacker Dre Greenlaw. Might not play with an Achilles injury, but uh, he he probably play. But anyway, uh, back to the fantasy aspects. Um, I got a couple of DFS angles I like here. I like naked Jordan Love. Now, don't let your mind wander too much there. Naked Jordan Love means you, you you don't pair him with anyone. You play Jordan Love and uh, you just roll him naked. You don't try it because honestly, how hard is it to predict who's going to catch a touchdown yeah. for the Packers these days? Right. Jaden Reed didn't have a catch last week, and he was like top 10 in receptions in the NFL. <laughs> he didn't have a catch last week. I think so the bounce I, back I, I, is coming for Reed. I think they're going to feed Reed the ball, give him some extra love this week to make up for it. It, it is a good match. If I had to pick one, it would be Reed, and people will be kind of off of him because of the goose egg last week. But uh, I love Jordan Love. Uh, priced lower. The only quarterback priced lower than Love right now is Baker Mayfield, which is criminal. For a guy as hot as Love has been, and the 49ers have yielded the third most pass attempts this regular season. Since week four, they've allowed at least 40 rushing yards and or a rushing touchdown to an opposing quarterback Mm -hmm. six times. That's a fair amount during that span. And Love has rushed for at least 30 yards and or a touchdown in six games. So long story short, Love is a dual threat, and and this is a great matchup for him. Um, Game script's going to be in his favor. It's going to be neutral at best, and uh, Packers offense is rolling. So I think people are going to, They'll gravitate towards love, but I think they're going to try to, to stack them up and they, they, they might whiff. So just rolling them out there solo is uh, how I would approach love in this game. And I, a cheap guy I like in this matchup is Jawan Jennings, wide receiver for the Packers. I'm sorry, for the 49ers. Hasn't played since week 15, been out with a concussion, but he is back. He is ready to go. Uh, Jennings takes more than 60% of his snaps from slot. the slot. Mm-hmm. And since week 13, Green Bay has allowed the fifth most receiving yards and their top 10 in the most points per target allowed 
through slot receivers. So uh, Jennings, you know, everyone's going to be all excited about McCaffrey, of course, and Ayuk and oh, Debo running from the slot left. too. Debo, yes, Debo runs from the slot as well, but uh, technically Jennings is the primary. But they they move all these guys all over the place. But uh, overall, great matchup for the 49ers wide receivers. And uh, so, but Jennings, the cheapest option, and probably the the, 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 be the least rostered option as well. So uh, I like Jennings in this one. And uh, what should be a good game? We might see a little rain, but nothing that uh, you should uh, warrant any real concern when it comes to weather terrorism. I like the passing game for San Francisco here. Green Bay has played an incredibly soft schedule of opposing quarterbacks. Um, and when I was looking to try to find what's happened when Green Bay has played at, at a Brock Purdy level of quarterback, so you know above average quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I counted exactly five all year, including Dak last week. The average game that they yielded, 295 yards and two touchdowns. I feel like that's probably about the right ballpark here for Brock Purdy sitting on a a pretty nice game. And Green Bay is getting rocked by tight ends, including Jake Ferguson's three scores last week. But get this, recent touchdowns allowed to the tight end position by Green Bay. I mentioned Ferguson. Johnny Munt, Co-Keefed, Noah Gray, and Stone Smart. Here comes George Kittle. Yeah, I'm with you. And when Kittle goes off, he goes off big time. Big time. Yeah, it, it feels worth, like this worth is worth shooting spot. for the moon on Kittle mm-hmm. in this one. Yep, agreed. All right, let's go to our next matchup, which is I think it's Bucks Lions. Yes, Bucks Lions. This would be the the first game on Sunday, and they decided to go. Interestingly, you know, no, there is not an early game. There's the late afternoon start, and then there's an evening game on Sunday. My first angle of attack here is Rashad White, who I do not like in this matchup. The Bucks don't run very well in general, but they do pass well. Meanwhile, the Lions' run defense is very good, and they can't stop the pass. I mean, just everything says pass, pass, pass for the Bucks' offense, including if you think the six-and-a-half-point spread is legit, that means you've got negative game script working against Rashad White as well. Lions finished the season number one in rushing yards allowed, number three in yards per carry allowed, number two in rushes attempted. And I think that's going to be a problem for Rashad White here as well. Of the Lions' last nine opponents, seven of them did not have a runner reach 55 yards, which, by the way, is Rashad White's over-under. Um, and the two that barely did, that did go over 55, they were like 62 and 65. So nobody really goes off against the Lions. I don't like Rashad White here. Yeah, with you, it's all about. It. I know you're probably going to get into it. It's all about the pass, and but Rashad White can can catch passes, but you you want to have a, a somewhat solid matchup on the ground, and it's it's not the Lions are not that for opposing running backs. Definitely. They're not. So let's talk Kendall Vildor again. We identified him as a huge problem in that Lions secondary last week. We t- we were like Puka Nakua every way you can find imaginable. This week, Chris Godwin. Let's talk it through. And why not Mike Evans, you might be wondering. Here's why. The way the Lions handled last week, how they handled Puka Nakua with Kendall Vildor, is they hid Kendall Vildor wherever wherever Puka Nakua was, Kendall Vildor hit the other side of the field. They wouldn't let him near Puka Nakua. And Nakua only ended up catching one of his many catches came against Kendall Vildor. 
but it didn't matter because Kendall Vildor still gave up gigantic plays. Tutu Atwell's long touchdown, Derek Allen, all these guys just pounding Kendall Vildor last week who ended up giving up 101 yards and a touchdown in his coverage. So what's going to happen here is, I believe, they're going to make sure Kendall Vildor is not on Mike Evans' side of the field. They're going to take their chances with Kendall Vildor on the other side of the field, and that's Chris Godwin. Get this, and we mentioned this last week, regular season, Kendall Vildor giving up 22 yards per reception, which is insane. Last week, Kendall Vildor gave up 25 yards per reception. You're giving up a quarter of the field every time anybody throws at you. Insane. So, the Chris Godwin. How was that? The revolving kill door. The revolving kill door. I like it. I like it. Nicely done. Baker Mayfield sitting on a big game because I don't think they're going to run well. They're going to pass with relative ease here. Uh, Baker didn't score in the earlier matchup between these teams, but I don't care. It was way back in week six. They're just different teams now. I like Godwin's matchup. And Mike Evans' matchup is against Cam Sutton. He's got six inches and 50 pounds on Sutton, and Sutton got roasted, roasted by Puka Nakua. He's allowed touchdowns in three of his past four games. Baker's thrown multiple touchdowns in six of the past seven, 10 of the past 13, and get the yardage numbers the Lions are giving up through the air. Last four weeks, 411 yards, 345 yards, 396 yards, and 367 passing yards. I mean, they're just getting scorched. Baker Mayfield sitting on what I think is going to be a very good game. Uh, My friend Mitch, Mitch Moss and I were texting, how about this bet? To lead the weekend in passing yards, Baker Mayfield plus 750. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that bet. I mean, yeah, it's all there. It's all on paper why this this should be a, a great game for Baker. Want to hear my my one concern? And yeah, it's please. It's, it's kind of out, outside the lines. And it, it's just, I know we, we share that we're in agreement with this. Um, it pertains to coordinators interviewing for jobs while mm. they're still coordinating in the playoffs. Yeah. So Dave Kinnett, the offensive coordinator, for the Bucks, the quarterback whisperer, by the way, brought Geno Smith back to life. Yeah, doing the same with Baker Mayfield. He's been interviewing this week. Uh, I think you, Carolina was one. So that's what I just I just hate how they do that, and the, the, it's distracting. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to hit his unders because of that. But I just wanted to throw that out there that uh, I just I had to air my grievances on the the coordinators interviewing while they're preparing for a huge playoff game. I can see that. I th- there might be a little something there. By the way, have you noticed this? These teams are interviewing an absurd number of candidates. Panthers have had 11 interview requests that they put out. Chargers, 13. Falcons, 11. Titans, 10. Seahawks, 7. These are staggering numbers of interviews. I, it's, I, I don't ever remember teams doing this many interviews before yeah it's crazy and even regardless of the the, just going back to the the coordinators the coaches still coaching i i know teams with vacancies need a head coach immediate as soon as possible but how how can it just not be the rule the law whatever that you're still your team's still alive you're not interviewing you gotta wait and the other the team's gotta wait they want you that bad they can wait 
two weeks, three weeks from now, tops. No, yeah, I like I, but this. It's a two-edged sword. If you, you know, these are the most coveted. These playoff coaches are the most coveted ones out there, right? And if you got to wait a month only to find out that that coordinator doesn't even want to to talk to you, or it's a bad fit, or you don't like that guy after all, and you've waited a month for that team to get through the Super Bowl or get through the conference championship games. That's it's too long to sit to sit and not know who your coach is going to be. I think. Yeah, I know it'll never change for those reasons. I'm just still. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, that's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go to Chiefs Bills. Let's wrap it up with Chiefs Bills. Uh, yes, this, this to me is, is outside. This is the new Manning versus Brady in terms of non-divisional rivalries. Manning Brady Brady was the best there was for about a decade. Now it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Bills Chiefs is the best non-divisional rivalry going in football. And for the first time, we get to see P- Patrick Mahomes with an inconsistent offense on the road. And I think the Bills are going to knock him out of the playoffs right here. Yeah, first time we will see Mahomes on the road, like you said, in the playoffs. Uh, Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, 45-point over-under, which is not a lot for these two teams, but, uh, you know, in recent past. it's I know it's going to be cold in Buffalo and all that, but the, the defense is uh, much improved, well, at least on, on the, the, the Kansas City side. Uh, pr- probably the best defense uh, Patrick Mahomes has ever played with in his career. Um, but Back to the offense, of course, for the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony has been limited this week. Don't He's care. He's questionable to play. Don't really care. Sky Moore could make his return. Don't care. We don't care about that. Gabe Davis has been ruled out. You kind of have to care about that, mm-hmm. especially because he, he had a, a decent showing the last time these two met in the playoffs a couple of years ago. <laughs> it turned out okay, yes. 200 yards and four touchdowns, but he has been ruled out. So, uh, again, we'll see a, a bump uh, in usage for Khalil Shakir. Um, alongside Stefan Diggs, who is just a, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about Diggs in a second, but um, I, I, you got to like all the, all the bills in this matchup um, outside of Diggs, really, you'll be facing Legereus Sneed. Uh, but, but, but the guy like most from a DFS perspective, and again, it's, it, he's a cheaper option, almost a punt play is Dawson Knox, um, who I know he's technically the, the backup tight end to Dalton Kincaid. 
but Kincaid is more of a, a wide receiver. He only takes 20% of his snaps in line. And quite honestly, with, with Gabe Davis out and with whatever Stefan Diggs is right now, the Bills need Kincaid to step up as a, a wide receiver in this matchup. So so back to Knox, uh, he scored in back-to-back games. Uh, these teams played in week 14, by the way. It was a 2017 win um, by Kansas City. So not, not a lot of fireworks in that one. But Knox had three catches, 36 yards. Uh, not great, but we take that uh, for a, as a floor with his uh, bare minimum price tag, essentially. But Knox scored against the Chiefs last year. He also had playoff success last year, three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Well, yeah, but Kincaid wasn't, Kincaid wasn't there last year. He wasn't, but Kincaid still he's going to be operating more as a wide receiver. My point there is he's had three strong playoff games, Knox, in a row now. And so, you know, Josh Allen, he he looks his way in the playoffs. And uh, the Chiefs allowing five catches, 45 yards per game to opposing tight ends in the regular season. So we take that all day. That's double-digit PPR points. So I, I like Knox here, and most people are going to be obviously gravitating towards the Sam Laportas, the George Kittles. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, Travis Kelsey's like the third best option at tight end, <laughs> just on a you know a name basis for right now, which is which is crazy. But uh, I like Knox, and you got to love James Cook. Uh, I think he's just an auto play. I think you got to use him if you're like in a one and done pool. Um, since Buffalo fired offensive coordinator, well, former offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, after week 11, the Bills have become the most run-heavy offense in the NFL. Love it. So from weeks 1 to 10 with Dorsey as OC, they're running the ball 36% of the time. And now from from weeks 11 up until now through the wild card game with Joe Brady as OC, nearly 50% run percentage, the highest in the league since – uh, week 11 which is uh which is insane for, for, for to think with a quarterback like Josh Allen and yeah. since week 13 Kansas City has allowed the 12th highest explosive run rate and the sixth lowest stuff rate so uh cook in a smash spot in this one it's gonna be another cold weather game that doesn't mean they're not gonna be throwing the ball but uh I love cook here I think he's just probably my my outside of McCaffrey it might be my favorite running back play this week yeah love him uh when these teams met a few weeks ago he averaged six yards a carry, and so I and I, I I love it. By the way, he also hammered the Chiefs through the air. He had five catches, eighty-three yards through the air in the previous nice. matchup. But I'm I'm with you. I think the I think rushing yards are absolutely here for Cook sitting on a, a potentially very good game, and uh, I like I like him a lot. I, I want to talk for a second about the the Bills secondary, which basically from the point of the Rasul Douglas trade, this Bills secondary has been terrific. And I'm, I think Mahomes is sitting on potentially a really bad game. Get this. Here's the last six games. Yards allowed. Well, let me give you touchdowns allowed by the Bills. By the Bills. Passing touchdowns allowed by the Bills through the last six games, Brian. One, zero, 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 one, and one. That's it. And one of those ones was the Patrick Mahomes, was Patrick Mahomes in the previous matchup. It is a, this is a really tricky spot, and his best wideout, Rasheed Rice, he's got a tough matchup against Taron Johnson in the slot. Johnson's last 10 games, zero touchdowns allowed, 27 yards allowed per game. That's it. I think the passing game is going to struggle for Kansas City, and I wonder if you see it the same way. Yeah, uh, just, uh, it's a better matchup on the ground, uh, like, it, or, you know, 
the best way to attack both of these defenses is on the ground. So, uh, I, yeah, I like I like Pacheco more than uh, anyone in the past game for the Chiefs, and uh, it's pretty much the same way on the on the on the the same way on the other side with the Bills with, with Cook and uh, the past game there. I just prefer the, the ground game in this one. I just think we're going to see a lot of running in this game, which people aren't going to be expecting, but I think it's what we're going to be seeing. So, do you think there's going to be uh, fewer? Uh, fewer points to be had in general in this game, Chiefs Bills. Yeah, like I said, I mean forty five. That's that's pretty low, even considering you know the cold weather. If this game was being played last year in the same weather, the over under would be over fifty, easy. I mm-hmm. feel like. I think you know Vegas knows that the, the the Chiefs defense is legit, and the Bills, despite losing multiple key members throughout the season, yeah. Tre'Davious White at corner. Matt Milano, they're they're basically their leader on defense, linebacker. Like you said, they're they're lights out, especially their secondary. So weather factored in, Taylor Swift factored in, uh, <laughs> how she factors in, but she's always a factor. Yeah, uh-huh. it's not going to be the shootout that uh, people again really have come to expect when these two teams meet up. But uh, could be wrong. You never know. I think the Bills are gonna, so Bills are going to rock them. I think this they're going to get out years of pent up frustration. Um, I think this is the you know this is their big chance to get some closure on the collapse of uh, of two years ago uh, with uh, with the unbelievable finish that they that they had to endure. That was two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, that was two years ago. And so the, yeah, it's just the overtime. You know, yeah, was just, it double overtime? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's uh, any other thoughts on that game? No, I'm with you. I like. I think the Bills roll them. I honestly think the Chiefs are my my least favorite underdog to win <laughs> this weekend. I like the Texans, the Bucks, and the the Packers chances even more than the the, the Chiefs this week, which is crazy because they're the defending Super Bowl champions. But um, yeah. Finally you know, playing on the road. And they've the played – they've been so inconsistent with their play. And just last week, Miami freaking mailed it in. No interest in winning. That was a primrose path game for them in the Arctic conditions. And I don't – I just don't think it's – I don't think it's coming again. Yeah, I know you don't watch hard knocks. I think you still should go back and watch because this in-season one was overall one of the best seasons, I think. Okay. That, but uh, – Went back and watched the last one, which focuses around this game, which is awesome. Just the behind the scenes of them prepping for the cold. Yeah, but of course they show them prepping all week, and hindsight's twenty twenty. But just watching it, you could just sense they knew they were gonna get their ass kicked. Didn't it seem <laughs> that, that way? Yeah, oh. just like they're trying to hype themselves up, and you mm-hmm. know, giving each other this. It, it's just like you know it. You know you're not gonna win this game. It seemed that way. No chance. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the exciting How about, uh, yeah, I was going to take a moment to, uh, lament sports illustrated. Yeah, we should shutting its doors. Have you heard? Yeah, I did. Um, some friends in the industry that were, you know, they still had a, um, fairly bare bones fantasy operation going at sports illustrated. That looks like it's probably done. Um, some of our friends in the industry, uh, may be looking for work. They've, um, you know, they had a show on Sirius. I mean, you know, that's, there's. It's really sad. I mean, you know, you and I've got several years between us, but when I was growing up, and I'm sure for at least some of your childhood, same, man, you know, like the cover of Sports Illustrated was a signature thing that was huge. 
That was oh, a yeah. that was a big big deal, and they were a bastion of journalistic integrity. Then they never, they never got into a what killed them. Terrible decisions that killed them in the two thousand range was never really going online, never really uh, putting a meaningful effort into their online destination, and then secondarily ignoring fantasy. Sports Illustrated in the you know, late nineties, early aughts. If they had wanted to own fantasy, they could have owned fantasy. Yeah, I remember at one point they started putting maybe like a page dedicated to it. But yeah, they should have had basically a whole magazine <laughs> every yeah. week almost. But uh, I yep. think someone thought of something like that. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, sorry. Some, fortunately, some <laughs> other some other people decided to uh, take the void. In fantasy content, and Sports Illustrated wasn't uh, wasn't going to dabble in something so dubious. Yeah, I was I was a subscriber for for many years. I, I did even you have the football to... phone? Oh yeah, football phone. <laughs> and uh, I I was at the age when uh, well, I don't know how long it was around, but when Sports Illustrated for kids started, that was right in my wheelhouse. That was a great. A great magazine, and I'm, 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 it bothers me to this day. So every Sports Illustrated for Kids magazine would have nine cards in it. Yeah, sports cards, and it would be like a sheet you could rip out, and then you know they were all perforated, so you could peel each card out to make an individual card. I, I would just peel out the sheet and just put them in like in a stack. Mm. And I did this for two or three years because I, I wasn't into Sports Illustrated for Kids for too long, but I know I did it in this era now where I'm seeing these cards individually being sold for thousands of dollars. Like there's a Tiger oh. Woods and like a, a Serena Williams. I don't think I would have the Serena Williams one or maybe not even the Tiger Woods. I was probably too old for that, but like I, there's a Jordan one that I know I would have had. And I talked to some people in the industry. I'm like, well, if I had the sheet that it, like, you know, if it was in the sheet and not just the card, they're like, you had that. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't want to know how much that is worth. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it's but anyway. A... Pour one out for Sports Illustrated. My grandpa used to actually renew my subscription every year. For I love my it. Birthday. That's a May great gift. Yeah, I I love was. the magazine subscription as a gift because every time the magazine shows up, you're you're getting you're giving and getting a new gift, which I like. You know, whether it's every week or every month or whatever. Um, and now, heck, it's uh, it's almost downright quaint to give the gift of the printed word. Yeah, admittedly, I mean this this ended a couple of years ago. So my grandpa did pass, I, but the last few years, I I didn't even really open them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's sad. That says a I lot, open, right? I I still did open the swimsuit issue though. Yeah, to pay. <laughs> you know, I so I did uh, um, back a month ago when SI got embroiled into a controversy because they were using AI authors and faking it and not telling people they were and they were mm-hmm. it, it looked like they were real people. They had they had they had created bios for the AI, um, and it was it was super sleazy, honestly. And so we were talking about it a little bit, and I was talking to listeners about it. It was all swimsuit issue. Everybody's like. They all love the swimsuit. I'm like, you know, what are your favorite memories of Sports Illustrated? Swimsuit issue. Swimsuit issue. You remember this, you know, it's this woman, this woman, this woman. Yeah. I don't know. That's what it got reduced to, I guess. Who's your, your all-time uh, swimsuit issue cover, cover See, I girl? Did, I, did, I don't know. I don't. I can't even name one. It's just not my thing. Really? Yeah. Was Kathy Ireland I, I, on it one year? 
Oh yeah, Kathy Ireland. She was in all that. That might have been that. That was probably my. Uh, that might be my number one my answer. Kathy Ireland. Okay. I mean, um, Cindy Craw Cindy Crawford was on the swimsuit issue, wasn't she? Or she? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm blank. But I don't know, like Ty Tyra Banks. I can like I can picture them all. The names are all envisioning. They're all they're all going away. But Kathy Ireland, that would be my one hundred and one. I used to have to rush home on swimsuit issues. I don't want to know. Just stop now. Before, no, 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 no. Rush not home to do. I don't need to know. I, I had to beat my mom to it because she would. Oh, my mom would get the swimsuit issue and she'd like rip out the the pictures that were not meant for us. <laughs> that was good for grader. her. That's <laughs> actual parenting. No. I like it. Screw that. I didn't want my swimsuit issue censored back then. I bet you so didn't. I had, to, I had to race home to get that. Was that was good stuff. All right. Anyway, th thanks for again, listening. Those that just put up with five minutes of insanity at the end here, but. Uh, we appreciate you listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. We'll be breaking down two games next week. That's it. Who are they going to be? Who are they going to be? What are your official predictions? <sighs> Niners. Niners. Lions. Bills. Texans. I'm going to go with my heart all year. I've been on Houston. I'm not giving up now. I'm I'm kind of on the same path. I'm picking an upset both sides. I'm going Packers to shock the world. Packers, Lions, uh, then the Ravens, Bills. So my okay. one, my one right. upset is uh, the Pack. Yeah. Look, the, you, I think you outlined it beautifully. Packers offense has been great. It's the defense. I just think that secondary has been so under attacked, and I I just I can't see Kyle Shanahan not pounding Keyshawn Nixon and. Uh, yeah. Valentine, they need Valentine, sure. Alex, Alexander, and he, not only that, but they need the right version of Alexander. They need the good version to show up, which is always hit and miss. Agreed. I know. I know it's a long shot. They're nine and a half point underdogs at Green Bay, but isn't Houston nine and a half under as well? I think so. Is it that that high? I, I, probably. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, it's in that ballpark. I think. All right. Um, we'll see, we'll see how, which ones we get right here. We'll find out. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.